Bonjour, Cinderella fans. Welcome back to another episode of Chasing Childhood. My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And we are a weekly podcast where we revisit our favorite childhood movies and not video games, apparently, (laughs) to see if they still hold up as adults. Yeah, it's been ages since we reviewed a video game. Sorry, guys. They're just hard to review. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but we did end up going to the Franklin Institute this week. We talked about it before and we got to go to the Disney Expo. Yeah, it was so fun and so cool just seeing like all of the props that they had from all the different movies, all of the like art that was like the first drawings of like all the different famous characters and yeah, I, I particularly love the area where they discussed how they went from 2D animation to 3D. I thought that was mm. so cool. I personally enjoyed seeing Book from Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. And then the um, all the Marvel stuff was so cool. The Marvel stuff we took pictures with. And yeah, that was so awesome seeing all the different costumes. And I personally geeked out over seeing the yearbook from High School Musical. Right. <laughs> I was like, I hope so Zac funny. Efron can feel my looming presence over him Listen, right now. <laughs> they did not have the tea necklace, so I'm upset about it. It's yeah, fine. that's true. <laughs> the OG tea for tea. Troy. <laughs> tea for Troy. No tea for trash. <laughs> Anyways, so last week we reviewed Treasure Planet, a movie that I had not seen until last week, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, this has been kind of fun. Where. We're showing each other movies that we ha- the other one hasn't seen. Yeah. And it's kind of nice because I feel like we're going into it with somebody already vouching for the movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like somebody who's already like, it's a good movie and like assuring the other person. So I'm 100%. interested to see if this continues where <laughs> we both <laughs> like the movie that, that one person's showing the other. Yeah. So this week... Um, for the movie that Steph hasn't seen, we chose Ever After because I have been nagging nonstop for her to watch it. Yeah, I finally cracked and <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. Like we haven't done a Cinderella movie in a hot minute. Um, yeah. We've done so many Cinderella movies. There's I was so like, many out there. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to do too many Cinderella movies back to back. So I think it's been a few months since we've done a Cinderella movie. So I felt like yeah. it was time to bring in another one. It's like our bi-monthly thing like it's like our our bi-yearly thing where yeah we're that's like, so true <laughs> every six months we have to do a cinderella movie yeah um <laughs> so this is actually my favorite cinderella movie so we're gonna get into it shortly but first we got some questions from christina from pickles and vodka podcast for our q a episode but by the time we got them we had already recorded that episode and the next one so we're just gonna like rapid fire these off since there's only four super quick awesome let's do it All right. So what is your recording process and how has it evolved over the years? Wow. Uh, I think like we have at least sort of an outline now for our episodes. You know, we have a very organized, structured way that we go about the episodes, whereas I feel like the first like the first few episodes, we didn't really have a structure. And then maybe the for the Mm -hmm. first like six months, we didn't really have like a a set, you know, like rhythm that we got into. And now I feel like we are you know, we're what, three years into this and we have such a set, you know, cadence for how the episode goes, when you can expect to hear different parts of the episode. So I feel like that's at least evolved and um, we've just gotten more organized, I think, with it and just like really, really gotten into like a good habit with it. We are quite seasoned. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We use a lot of garlic. Um, So yeah, so we 
also can actually record in person now, um, yeah. which is more of like a newer thing because now that Steph's on the East Coast again, it's kind of makes it easier for us to record. So thanks for moving back just specifically for that reason. You're the oh my best. Gosh, you're so welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, it used to be a thing where like we'd have to try to find a time when we were both in yeah. Maryland at the same time, like visiting family. Or the time change would yeah. like throw things off because she was on the West Coast. So like trying to find a time that worked for both of us was hard. It was really hard, but I've been back for about a year now. So it's been Yay. a lot easier over the last year, I feel like. Yeah. All right. So next question, what are some technical challenges you've had? <laughs> um, oh, man, we've had a bunch <laughs> And I feel like they don't ever like fully go away. Like we, yeah. we get better at a lot of stuff, but random things like still happen, like random glitches Literally and weirdness. Before this episode. Yeah. <laughs> before this episode, my, like we started recording for like a first take and my tablet just stopped the recording all of a sudden so now I'm literally like staring at it as it's going by I'm like don't you dare don't you think about it like, don't even don't so yeah there's been a lot like me learning that ice is bad apparently <laughs> yeah, no shaking ice into yes. the mic <laughs> I had accident- accidentally deleted some forgetting to turn on my mic like there was one episode where it was just the audio from my tablet and it yeah. sounded so horrible. You sounded so um, far away. <laughs> yes. Again today, losing my mic because Steph and I have recorded in person so often now that I literally forgot where I put my microphone. Um, <laughs> this is all me, by the way. This is like every single thing that goes wrong is on me. Like I'm the actual villain of this podcast. So no, you're not. But it, there's there's other things like sometimes we have to stop an episode because Liberty will like like, if I'm recording in bed, Liberty will jump up on the bed and, like, scream <laughs> into the microphone or, like, Aww. scream in my face. And it's like, okay. So there's various things. And sometimes, you know, you have to stop for, like, weather or somebody else in the house is making noise or, you know, random things. So Yeah. Or a dog gives himself a concussion trying to break into my room. Yeah. <laughs> there's always going to be something. I feel like yeah. some stuff you can plan for and then... Every I feel like every podcaster goes through, you know, things where it's like there's just things you can't control, you know, mm-hmm. and some stuff makes it funnier too. Yeah. Like sometimes we'll just leave it in because we're like, it's funny. Yeah, it's so funny. So there was also one time where I had Chipotle right before we recorded. I was literally burping the entire time. <laughs> Steph had to edit out at least 100 burps. Um, so what do you do if one of you is less motivated than the other? Like when we're recording, I feel like. Whoever isn't as awake, the other person knows to like really amp up the energy and like draw it out of that person. Mm -hmm. It can be hard. I feel like you can start a podcast episode both trying to like match the energy. Yeah. But inevitably, whichever one is less like enthused for the day or is like Mm -hmm. more tired, they start to kind of wane. So it's on the other person to kind of like keep like trying to draw it out of them and keep trying to like make the conversation happen so I I think it's just something that we've like committed to doing for each other without even like saying it to each other you know definitely and I mean those are like the two main things like this is like a partnership and it's also a commitment so we both kind of decided to um make this commitment and now it's like it's not mandatory because like it's us putting it out so I don't want to say it's mandatory but it's like it's one of those things where like you just do it you know and like Steph said I feel like both of us feed off of energies really well so like if I 
if I'm not in the mood, but Steph is hyper. Like I can feed off that energy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Prop each other up. Your friends. Prop your, each your other up, man. You gotta help. Yes. We're like the um the guys from what's that movie where they like have the body and they like take it around with them oh, and they like oh, dress my weekend it up at and Bernie's. Stuff. <laughs> yes. That's us. I love it. So last but not least, what does your family think of the podcast? My brother and my dad do not listen to it. My yeah. mom does. I think she still listens to it. I don't know. We don't really ask anybody yeah. like, what their thoughts are on it. We just kind of put it out. Yeah. It's kind of just like our journal. Yeah. Tyler likes it. I will often hear him Aww. like doing the dishes or like messing with the bird feeder downstairs. And I'll what hear like... Muffin? I'll hear like our voices and every single yeah. time I'm like, who's in my house? And I like go downstairs <laughs> and I'm like immediately turn into Yzma. Like, is that my voice? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I told you I'm the villain of this podcast. I have infiltrated everyone in your home. Um, it's so funny. But yeah, I, on my end, obviously Jackie listens, but it's so funny. We've been so busy lately. Um, Jackie and my mom both listen. And lately I've been having to remind them to listen to the podcast like if it's on a, if it's a Wednesday and they're like oh how's your day going um I'll be like good did you listen to the new episode and they're like oh crap it's Wednesday and I'm like yeah so I literally am like their alarm clock telling them to pay attention to me because I deserve it and <laughs> you know it's really hard just reminding your family that like you are the light of their lives so <laughs> That's so um, funny, though, because I'm the same way where I'm like, oh, my God, it's already Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. But I, d- I don't think my other sister, my dad or my brother-in-law listen at all, uh, which is fine. So I think your dad does listen because he's mentioned before that he's listened to episodes, but maybe he listens to them with Jackie. Maybe because I feel like he listened to them at the start of the podcast. Like he right. listened to them like religiously because he would like text me about it and stuff. But I feel like, I mean, he's been so busy now too. So he's a social guy. He is a social butterfly. So shout out Big Lou. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so let's get into our movie intro. Thank you, Christina. Yeah, let's do it. So Ever After is the movie that we are reviewing this week. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Ever After, Ever After, known in promotional (laughs) material as Ever After, A Cinderella Story, is a 1998 American romantic period drama film inspired by the Charles Perrault fairy tale Cinderella. It was directed by Andy Tennant, written by Susanna Grant, Ricky Parks, and director Andy Tennant, and the film stars Drew Barrymore, Angelica Houston, Dugray Scott, Jean Moreau, Megan Dodds, Melanie Linsky, and more. I love Melanie Linsky so much. (laughs) I was thrilled when I saw her on the cast list. (laughs) (laughs) Music for the film was composed by George Fenton, who also worked on Sweet Home Alabama, You've Got Mail, and Hitch. Ever After was released on July 31st, 1998, and earned about $98 million on a budget of $26 million. Wow, only twenty six yeah. million for this movie—that's crazy. Wild, interesting. So, for her role as Danielle, Drew Barrymore won a Saturn Award, a Kids Choice Award, and a Blockbuster Entertainment Award. The film itself did not win any awards, but it was nominated for quite a few. So, if you haven't seen this since Leonardo meant Da Vinci, not a Ninja Turtle, <laughs> or if you're like Steph and had never seen this, here's a plot summary written by an anonymous author on IMDb. 
The Brothers Grimm arrive at the home of a wealthy grand dame who speaks of the many legends surrounding the fable of the Cinder Girl before telling the true story of her ancestor. For a second, I literally thought that said grand dame, and I was like, isn't that a car? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Grand dame. (laughs) Lexi versus the English language, part 76. I feel like that's a good summary without giving absolutely anything away. Yeah. So let's get into our fun facts. Let's do it. So as depicted in the film, the real Leonardo da Vinci kept the Mona Lisa with him all the time until his death. However, I do want to note that it was painted on white poplar wood, not on canvas as depicted in the film. So he would not have been able to just like roll it up and store it away the way that he did in this. That seems super inconvenient, Leonardo. Like, yeah. It seems super inconvenient. Like, how? I want to know how he brought it with him everywhere. He just carried it. He was like, you know what? I'm just going to just hoist this under my arm and y'all oh going to deal with it. You know, it just popped in my head. I feel like he should have put a chain on it, like Flavor Flav, and just worn it around his neck. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> so our next fun fact is that the setting for the farmhouse where Danielle and her family live in the film is Chateau de Fenelon, which is actually in the region of, Dor- is it Dordogne? I have no idea how to say this. Um Dordogne, France. <laughs> to our French listeners, yes. please don't I her. <laughs> please, please teach me how to pronounce this. But yeah, apparently it's actually a place in France. Cool. I love that. We need to go. I love castles. I love castles. I love manor homes. I want to go visit. Yes. Bring, bring back castles. All yeah. 2024, bring back castles. I'm saying bring back castles, bring back that old architecture that was like so just over the top and ornate. Yes. Bring back. My last fun fact is that at one point, Queen Marie tells Henry to choose a wife wisely because divorce is only something they do in England. So she's making a joke about the fact that she doesn't like her husband. But <laughs> I think that this is a, also a very funny reference to Henry VIII of England, who caused the huge scandal when he got divorced to marry Anne Boleyn in the early 16th century. So oh. we like a little like jab at history there. Yes, we love a pre-Boston Tea Party tea. Yes. Love it. (laughs) Some shade. (laughs) Wild. Honestly, like the tea back in the day was hot. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So our last fun fact is that the glass slippers in the film were made by luxury designer Salvatore Ferragamo. Ooh. Ferragamo. They're really cool. Yeah. So good. I was like, I want them for like everyday wear. I was like, they literally look like mules and I need them. I also like that they were like partially glass and then partially cloth, like actually partially shoe. They weren't just like a full glass slipper. I was like, that probably makes them way more comfortable to wear. A hundred percent. And like there's one part in the film where it's like sitting on the top of the castle because it's what they deserve. Mm -hmm. So it's like sitting on a ledge and it starts raining and the sound that the raindrops made when they hit the shoe, I was like, Oh, beautiful, beautiful, iconic chef's kiss. No notes. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, add it to my white noise machine. Like add it right now. Love it. So let's get into it. Why haven't you seen this? (laughs) How, how haven't you seen this? Have you been going out of your way not to watch this? That's no. my question to you. I think it's just because like I had like Ella like I had Ella Enchanted, mm. I had Brandy Cinderella, True. I had a bunch of other Cinderellas and honest to god, Cinderella is not my favorite 
like Disney movie. It's not my favorite yeah. tale that's ever been told. Like I'm, mm-hmm. we've talked about it. I'm much more of an Aladdin girl, a Mulan girl, Hercules. Like, yeah, I'm more into that type of like action, romance, mythology. Like I'm more way yeah. more into that. So. Like, even Sleeping Beauty did more for me just because, like, there's a dragon. You have to fight the dragon. Like, <laughs> yeah. for some reason, Cinderella just, like, it's such an, I, I don't know if it's, like, overplayed, but it's it's been mm. told so many times that, I don't know, I guess this one, like, one, I hadn't heard of it probably, yeah. but I feel like, two, even if I had, the idea of watching another Cinderella movie was not, like, high up on my priority list. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely like there's so many Cinderella tales out there. Yeah. Um, and but I was so curious as to why you haven't seen this before because I watched this so much as a kid. Like we had the VHS for this, and I can literally see the cover of it in my mind because that's how much we watched it. Like this is one of my mom's favorite movies that we would like just crawl into bed with her and we would all cuddle up together and watch it with her. Aww. Like this is one of her favorite movies. Yeah, I know. She called me when I was <laughs> in the car with your sister yesterday and was like, yeah. did you watch Ever After yet? And I was like, no, Lex and I are going to watch it together yeah. tomorrow. And she was like, okay, I just wanted to check. Like, I really like, like it. Watch it. I can now. watch it a million times. And I was like, oh, so it's got to be good. Cause she's like calling me just to tell me that she would watch yeah. this movie a hundred thousand times. So I bet, I bet she's going to be on time this week to hear a yeah. review. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, she is so funny. She called me earlier this week and she was like, you're doing ever after this week, right? And I was like, yeah, like you don't have Instagram. So how do you know that? And I guess Jackie had told her or something. So um, she was like, we're watching it together. So we all oh literally gosh. like sat and watched it at the same time because um, they're still in Maryland. So we would just like put it on at the same time and text through it. But she <laughs> loves this movie so much. She's so um, She's a mess. So I probably haven't seen this in like five years or so. Okay. Um. So it hasn't been too long, but just long enough for me to be like, yes, I'm excited to watch this again. Yeah. So, but I'm curious to see what you thought about it because the, like we said, the industry is so saturated with Cinderella films. Did you think this was different in any way? Did you like enjoy the differences? Um, I'm curious to see what you thought about it. So the first thing that I noticed about this movie and I feel like I kept reiterating it to you when we watched it together, mm-hmm. was that I was obsessed with the costumes in this. Yeah. Like, I was so blown away by how period accurate everything in this movie was. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's different to so many of the Cinderella remakes where either they take a lot of liberties with the costuming and make it like kind of grandiose and over the top, or... You know, it's a modern retelling, so yeah. everything is so, like, just kind of made for present day or, you know, the Lizzie McGuire one, or not Lizzie McGuire, Hillary Duff one that was in, yeah. like, 2004 or whatever. Like, they kind of, like, modernize all of it. So the fact that this one was not only period-specific, but then they kept to it in, like, a really serious way, mm-hmm. as if this was, like, a real drama. Yeah, like a historical drama, yeah. Yeah, it was so fascinating, the fact that there was, like, no fairy godmother, no mm-hmm. magic. It was really all just like the time period. And they kind of like warped the story around the time period to make it work. And yep. that was just so cool to me. That was like 
it was different. I've never seen any other Cinderella movie truly take it to that angle and Mm -hmm. like stick to it. Like I said, you felt like this was an actual period drama. Like Angelica Houston like went for it. She was not Mm -hmm. like there was no like over the top humor with the stepsisters. Yeah. Like there were funny parts, but there was nothing that was so like intentionally ridiculous and out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was no intentional cheesiness. Like it was all just period you know specific so I don't I don't know that's that's my like biggest note is like wow I could not believe that they kept it as like a period movie and I liked it I mean honestly at some point I forgot that I was watching a Cinderella movie me too like yeah because it was so good and like it like you said it's not cheesy at all um Angelica Houston I forgot that she was the stepmother and she killed this role and I want to just apologize to her personally because how could I forget yeah a plus casting literally um the I love how it starts off with an older woman literally inviting the Grimm brothers over to her house and being like, actually, that was so clever. <laughs> you're wrong. So I love that they, that it starts with her and then she just narrates the entire thing. Um, the one thing that I noticed, though, which was probably like, I guess one of the biggest differences to me was that it seemed like Angelica Houston's character actually really loved the dad in this one or maybe not loved him but cared for him yeah because like she was sobbing when he died in like the first scene and there was one part towards the end where she was like you looked so much like your dad and then she like turns it into like a funny thing to kind of deflect um the pain that she was feeling but yeah you could literally see all the emotion in her eyes and she it seems like she actually cared about him yeah that was so interesting to me because when we got to the part where the dad died at the beginning, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe she poisoned him. Maybe this is her, like, I don't know, being dramatic for, like, the sake of, like, trying to play off the fact that, like, she knew he was going to die, but she's, like, not yeah. actually sad. You know, I I was still trying to figure out the, I guess, like, tone of the movie and whether mm-hmm. it was going to be kind of, like, over the top or if it was going to be, like, period specific. But the fact that they... Yeah stuck with that and like yeah she was truly like don't leave me here don't leave me alone yeah you know like truly crying truly upset like tears streaming down her face wasn't faking it and then yeah like you said they have these like really weighted moments with Angelica Houston Mm -hmm. where I think she does something so interesting with her acting choice where she's like yeah like you look like your father but you know and then she like makes fun of uh Danielle Drew Barrymore's character Mm -hmm. but then you know she's like did you ever love my father at all and she's like, I barely knew him. But then she's got like tears in her eyes. Yeah. And she's like looking or away. Or she like looks away like she can't meet her eyes or anything. Yeah. Anymore. She's like, I, I barely knew him. And she does this a few times throughout the movie where mm-hmm. they give her this moment where, you know, she's built up like you could have this. Like you could have this moment where you are an emotional person or you show some part of yourself. And she just mm-hmm. like refuses to open up and refuses yeah. to have that emotional vulnerability with Danielle Mm -hmm. and there's another part I think of like when Danielle goes you know you're the only mother I've ever known didn't you ever love me and she says like how could you love a pebble in your shoe or something like that and I was like not a pebble but it's like right like the second (laughs) before that like she like you can see the weight of it hit her like I've mistreated Mm -hmm. this girl the whole time that I've known her and she really thought of me as like a mother and like 
it's just you could see like the on her face like she could have this moment and like mm-hmm. be generous and be kind and be vulnerable and she just shuts down and ultimately like that's what does her in is not the fact yeah. that like she's been so horrible that she's done all these terrible things it's just the fact that she just keeps shutting down and keeps mm-hmm. like pushing Danielle out you know giving her mother's dress to her daughter like you know she's been conniving and terrible and in the original Cinderella story I think that she like ends up forgiving her mom and stepsisters and she's Mm -hmm. just like you know go live your lives whatever just I'll never see you again and in this it's like she ends up getting kind of a taste of her own medicine but like you could have avoided that potentially if you had just like opened up for like a moment to her yeah I feel like she could have found forgiveness in her heart you know yep and I do like how um, it's so hard because I'm like, I really love Angelica Houston as this character and you want to hate her so much, but she did so well. Yeah. I'm like literally just watching her on the screen was amazing. Even the part when the dad died, um, which I thought was a, a really good touch and kind of different too was he literally like he had a heart attack he was laying on his back and he like looks at Angelica Houston but then he turns and he looks at Danielle and he's like like he's like I love you I love you so much or whatever and you can literally tell her emotions on her face like you can tell what she's thinking um because that kind of set the tone for everything after that she was like wait you're saying goodbye to your daughter and not me you know what I mean like right like I'll never be the number one woman in your life it'll always be your daughter and yeah you know that's 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 a dad that's just what mm-hmm. a dad does you know exactly. his kids are his number one but exactly and I told Steph I was like her eyebrow should have just won her an academy award like yeah. literally her eyebrow was the star of the show in this movie she literally had that phase where she like you could tell she was pissed but like her eyebrow raise iconic like puts the rock to shame yeah the facial acting that she did alone to just convey emotions without saying a word Mm -hmm. was phenomenal like she's considered one of the greats for a reason you know yeah yeah although I will say I'm disappointed she didn't go to the masked ball as Morticia but it's fine (laughs) so what did you think of Danielle I love that they didn't give her a stupid name like Ella I'm sorry I'm so tired of like the overplayed Ella yeah, I liked her. I mean, she's super, she's so fun. And I liked that mm-hmm. she was so tough. Like, yeah. I feel like that's like a big thing with Cinderella that like I tend to not like is that she has yeah. no fire in her. She's not like, other than I think like Anne Hathaway's version, um, mm-hmm. she's usually pretty timid and pretty meek and like has no fight in her. She has no like Siri, like, you know, she's she's not like going to stand up for herself. Whereas I feel like- yeah. Drew Barrymore's Danielle like stood up for herself she told people what for she even got lashings for it like Mm -hmm. she straight up like went after people she could hold her own she got in fights she climbed trees she cut a man with a sword like she (laughs) she was straight up like gonna like go after you and I really like that I was like okay finally Cinderella has some bite to her like I'm so sick of her just like not having bite and kind of going along with everything yeah and no, I like Danielle this. was like gangsterella. She was yeah. amazing. She, um, the one part that did annoy me though was that like her dad, I think, passed away when she was eight. Yeah. Um, and so when she did cut the guy, she was like, My dad was an expert, expert swordsman. He taught me well. And I was like, 
how well did he teach you? Like you were eight, but um, I was like, don't think too much into it. I was just so satisfied that she like actually stood up to the dude. Um, yeah. But yeah, like even from the beginning, she was like rocking the prince with apples because he tried to take her horse. Like it was so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I liked it. I liked that she had a little bit more fire yeah. to her. Like, that's kind of one of the reasons why, like, Jasmine was always my favorite princess. It's yeah. like, Jasmine was always like, F you, F the horse you came in I'm on. sneaking out. Like, yeah. bye, my tiger's gonna bite your butt. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I like princesses that have a little bit of, like, spunk to them. And yeah. I just appreciated that she did in this because it, like, totally transformed the character for me, personally. For sure. Um, so who was your favorite character in this? Oh, Jacqueline (laughs) Uh, I loved her I'm such a Melanie Linsky fan so like the fact that she both played a stepsister but then was like the nice stepsister I know who's so sweet and in cahoots with her and like was getting poor thing was getting body shamed the whole movie by her stepmother and then she ended up like giving that like one liner back at her I was like oh I love you and then I love Da Vinci Da Vinci was my other Mm -hmm. favorite I was obsessed with him Leonardo because the other Ninja Turtles were busy I (laughs) loved him this entire time he like you said I'm like Jacqueline was amazing but to me Da Vinci like stole the show because he was like so witty he was I think he was like the comic relief but then again he had like one-liners that were so hard-hitting too so like it was crazy. Like, there was one part where he broke Danielle out of, like, the slammer or whatever, and he was like, oh, I should go down in history as the man that opened the door, um, <laughs> which is just so funny. And then, um, and then like, him walking on water and scaring her and then falling in. And then just, like, but then he has the one line to the prince where he's like, so after all that, you have no idea what she went through to get here. Um, and you're just turning your back on her or whatever. And the prince was like, I will not yield. Like, no need yeah. to shout. No Calm down. need to shout. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes, then you don't deserve her. And I was like, oh, man's is laying it on thick. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed him. I liked what his character added to it. His character was kind of the stand in for the fairy godmother. Like yeah. he was the inventor and, you know. He made her wings instead of flying in on wings. Yeah. So he like, he was entertaining. I really enjoyed him. And yeah, Jacqueline was more like, just like a comfort Mm -hmm. character. I was like, she's just so sweet. She was so good. And yeah, I just, the two of them. The feather part. Yes. The feather. She's putting the feather in her dress. Oh my God. So funny. She was just so cute. And I loved her little romance with the, uh, the carriage men. I was, I was like, you guys are so funny when they were like making horse noises at each other during the masquerade ball. I was like, I cannot. So cute. Um, the one thing I will say about Jacqueline is like, I loved her character so much. I love that she was like, cause my favorite scene is when, um, Danielle decks Marguerite and yes, she like well runs deserved. down the stairs <laughs> that was like so satisfying to me as a kid and so like after she gets lashings for it um Jacqueline's the one that's helping her ease the pain a little bit and she's like I will never forget how Marguerite's feet flew over her head like that I was like I love that so much <laughs> obsessed but the only thing that I wish I would have seen more from her about was like helping Danielle a little bit more because Danielle kind of did do it to herself at some point where she was just like do it yourself you have two hands like she started biting back but um I wish Danielle like at least like when Danielle got locked up for example I wish that Mark that 
Jacqueline would have been like, the key's over there to the maids, you know what I mean? Or something like that. But Or at least like see her trying to help them open the door. Yeah. But then I, I kind of understand because she's at the masquerade. She's yeah. still doing like her part. So yeah. I don't know. There's definitely things that like I wish I had seen a little bit more interaction between the mm-hmm. two of them. But I did appreciate that they kept panning to her when bad things would happen. And you could see that she completely disapproved. Yeah, definitely. I remember as a kid wanting to be Marguerite. She's so pretty. Like, stunning. Like, a horrible person, but Horrible person. But, yeah, gorgeous. And she has very funny comedic timing, honestly. The whole bee scene where she, like, (laughs) throws a fit because she figures out that Danielle's the one that's been making the prince obsessed with her. and has been using a fake name and then she like goes and there's a temper tantrum and then comes back and sits down and it was like there was a bee <laughs> I was like that's funny that's good comedic yes. timing the one thing I loved about this movie too was it, it almost felt like at at least a few points in the movie like the stepsister had a chance yeah so I really like how Danielle at one point was like are you more worried that I'm common or that I'm competition right um so I really liked that there was that dynamic as well. Um, like, cause you could tell that the stepmother was really trying to get Marguerite with the prince. Um, but yeah. And then there was one part towards the end where, um, they show up to the wedding of him and the Spaniard lady and they're dressed in like mourning veils and stuff. And they're <laughs> so funny. And then there's a part where like after that, where they're announcing who he's going to marry, um, I think it was the ball. Like he's about to announce who he's going to marry. And they're both standing there like hoping that it's her like all jittery and stuff. And I'm like, you would have thought that this was like the NFL draft and they were getting picked. Like it was so (laughs) funny. But literally the subtle humor in this, like the one liners, I feel like were some of my favorites. Like he suffers from an arranged marriage was hilarious. Um, I will simply deny you the crown and live forever. Made me laugh out loud. Yeah. I love that it's uh, when the stepmother said, like, even in death, but I'm sure, like, even then, like, God can make an arrangement or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. I'm sure God negotiates. Um, Yeah. Like, and I loved uh, the scene where he went to get married and the other princess is just, like, sobbing, but it's, like, squeaks (laughs) the whole time. I was dying. I was like, okay, here's the funny part of the movie. This is good. I like this. Yes. Um, I will say, though, like, I'm going, I'm looking at my notes right now and I'm like, poor Da Vinci. Like I, he was my favorite character, but this poor guy, like he just wants to fly a kite and try his cool shoes out. Like, and he has to act as a therapist to the prince who's having like an existential crisis. I'm going to be honest. The prince was not my favorite character in this. Yeah. He was very, he was a lot as an adult. I feel like he was very arrogant and like, his ego was so fragile and you don't really notice it until you're an adult and you're like, okay, this guy's kind of annoying. Like he's kind of a douche. Yeah. And like, I think he grew by the mm-hmm. end, but like, honestly, it was not, not at enough. a pace, not at a pace I, <laughs> I felt was fast enough. It's yeah. just like the whole ball scene, like when he rejects her and like, oh, she lied to me and now I'm going to be a big baby about like, she obviously yeah. came there to tell you. She's been trying to tell you repeatedly. There's something I yeah. need to tell you. And he, like, wouldn't listen. And you listen. keep cutting her off. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, the way that he, like, completely publicly rebuked her and then 
has the nerve to like show up and be like, sorry, uh, you want to get married? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would not take it back personally. But yeah. like, first of all, sir, you were late. You were supposed to be here at what? 530 and you showed up at 531 <laughs> like she saved herself by then thank you yeah. but I just I I personally wouldn't have taken him back but I do admit yeah. that he had some swoon worthy lines that were very he cute did. but yeah I, I was just like man she's gonna run circles around you like I can already picture your marriage in like 10 years and she's just running like mental circles around yeah. you <laughs> she's literally running the country um so I I loved the one scene where she literally like stood up to him and she was like, is it not true that you make thieves and then punish them? Like she was an icon. I Go loved her so off, much. Go off, sis. That's yes. on uh, class solidarity. Like, <laughs> Amen. Um but then I thought it was funny that she was like, prepare the horses. And I was like, watch him just go off and like steal a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Maurice. Gets immediately locked up again. Literally. Um, <laughs> there was just, I feel like the energy in this movie was so like fun to watch. Like, I feel like at least it didn't feel like it was that long. Um, it felt like it was just short enough to be like a good rewatch. Like, I feel like this didn't feel like it took forever yeah it was a good runtime yeah the one thing that I did think was funny though was like the whole trope of Cinderella when she loses her shoe and I literally told Steph I was like she's a runner she's a track star but also like she could have stopped running yeah no one's chasing you no one's chasing you you didn't have to like leave the shoe like no one's coming after you sis (laughs) like nobody was following you and she just left the shoe um but yeah, that was one thing that I also noticed about this whole film. She was literally running everywhere. And I feel like that made sense for her to like be a servant. And like that was just something very small about her character that I noticed while watching this for the millionth time was that she literally was like Forrest Gump. Like she ran everywhere. She just got places to be really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was funny that she said her dad used to read like science books to her before bedtime. I was like... This was set how long ago? Like, how much did they actually know about science? Was it, like, air good, gravity bad? Well, she was around, so, like, they knew some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't know what kites were, so. Yes, they, well, they kind of did. I mean, (laughs) did she had a kite? They were like, what is that, what is that thing flying? That's what I mean. Like, they were literally like, what is this thing? Um, So, yeah, so they come across the Romani people in the woods, and there's, like, this one iconic scene that I, I literally told you it was coming up. It's where the prince and uh, the prince and Danielle are fighting them off, basically, like because they come and they sucker punch the prince. And so they're all fighting and everything. And the one Romani, like the head of them, was like, You can take anything that you can carry. And Danielle picks up the prince and starts walking away. <laughs> that was I, funny loved that scene so much I thought it was so funny I really loved that then they were like we need to invite the Romani people to the wedding or to like the ball <laughs> and stuff I thought it was so cute how they all like became friends yeah I mean they were so impressed with her they were like all right sis go off like yes and then they kissed in front of them I was like can you guys stop the like PDA. they literally were, like making out the entire movie I was like get a room <laughs> um but yeah that whole part was so funny I was like she's a ride or die She's so strong. She's so strong. She's a strong lady. 
I don't think I have too much more to say about this. I literally felt like this movie was such a fun rewatch to me. Like it literally brought me back. I thought it was so much fun. Um, I thought that Danielle was like the origin of catfish. She was like, (laughs) you don't know, like it's me, but it's not me, but it's me. It also wasn't that bad of a lie. Like it's her mom's name. Get over it. Like, (laughs) yeah, don't be so dramatic. Right. The only thing that I will say that kind of bothered me about Danielle was the was the accent. And I'm like, I get it. She's American. Like, it's hard for anyone to do a British accent and sound good. I know. I've tried. Um, <laughs> but, um, like, her accent comes and goes. There was even one part where she, like, yelled and she, had, like, literally had no accent. Like, no trace of anything. You know. Um, <laughs> It'd be yeah. like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I think often about the... There's one of the Harry Potter movies. I think it's the first one where Daniel Radcliffe like yells at one point. And when mm. he like yells in the movie, I thought that he was an American faking a British accent. But no, <laughs> like sometimes your accent just becomes something else when you're yelling. <laughs> I was like, this reminds me of any time that um, what's his name is being is being interviewed. The guy that is like the now Spider-Man, Tom Holland. Yeah. Tom yeah. Holland, like anytime he's being interviewed, people are like, wait, you're not American. He said that sometimes even now, like he'll just slip into an American accent without meaning to. And it's like, <laughs> listen, it happens. Like sometimes your voice just does things. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the only other thing that I have to say about this is like, how the heck did the prince marry her so quickly without anyone knowing? Like literally that afternoon. <laughs> yes. Like that afternoon they were married. Um, and then of course... The stepmom gets in trouble and they're like, will anyone speak for you? And they're all like, we ain't speaking up while you have a toilet seat on your head. But (laughs) then um, Cinderella slash Danielle basically condemns them to a life of like servitude, which is what they deserve. But I want to know how Jacqueline's doing. I mean, I assume she's married and works in the court and is besties with Danielle. I hope so. That's all I want for her. That's all she needs. But yeah, that's really all I have to say about this movie. I thought it was so much fun. Do you have anything else since this was your first watch? No, I don't think so. I really liked it. I actually had a really good time watching it. So I am happy that you showed it to me. Oh, yay. So let's get into our critic readings then. I want you to put a number to this review. (laughs) A letter. So Ever After received a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb a crazy 91% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, an 84% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and 4 out of 5 stars on Common Sense Media. For our ratings, we can rate Ever After on a scale from A plus to F minus. A plus meaning this film is truly magic without all the gimmicks. I love it and it makes me feel like a kid again. F minus meaning, wow, this is so bad. I can't believe how painful it was to get through this and I will never forgive Lexi for wasting my time like this. Based on this rating scale, how would you rate Ever After? I would give this an A. I really liked it. Yay! I had a good time watching it. I would definitely watch it again. Like I said, I enjoyed that she's spunky. I enjoyed the costumes and Angelica Houston. And I really enjoyed the fact that it kept to the period vibe of it. Like, it didn't deviate. It wasn't, like, too silly. The comedy was well-timed. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I had a good time. I'd watch it again. What about you? I would give this an A+. I love this movie. It's rare for me to like a fairy tale without music 
or magic magic (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say or gimmicks but (laughs) i really love this movie i think it's so good um definitely an a plus from me definitely go watch it if you get a chance guys it's on disney please please watch it it's really really fun so thanks everybody for joining us if you don't already go give us a follow on social media we can be found on instagram and tiktok at chasing childhood podcast and on facebook at just chasing childhood Thanks, everyone. Have a good rest of your week. Bye, guys. Bye.